Hello, dear listeners. We would like to welcome you again on our podcast here, as usual, myself, Dimitri, and my co-host, Sergey. I'm not your co-host. I'm just <laughs> as same host as you are. Yeah, we all have equal rights here, but unfortunately, our third host couldn't make it today, but we'll make sure to fill her role to the best of our abilities. And without further ado, I would like to introduce our guest, Adrian. Um, thank you, Adrian, for being here with us today and flying all the way from Mexico to record this podcast with us. We really appreciate the commitment and effort to share your story with the world. Thank you guys for inviting me and thinking of me to, to be in your podcast. Why did you choose me? Because you're one of the funniest guys we know around. You're like the soul of the company. Each time we go somewhere, where is Adrian? Where is Adrian? And he's in Mexico, everyone said. But now you're here. So what brought you back in the Netherlands? Tell us just about yourself. What's your experience? How you ended up here? Just whatever you want to share with us. I don't want to say I'm pretentious, but like I travel a lot. I like traveling. And what brought me back here is that I had the chance to travel a bit more. So mm -hmm. after my year in, the, in Rotterdam, I decided to also have this little moment back here and see old friends, see the old city, and then mm -hmm. do a little trip around Europe now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see. And in what capacity you were living here for the year? What was your official status? Uh, I suppose I was a, a student, uh -huh. a, a fellow student with you guys. Oh, and now you're you're back, but only for a short period of time, right? Yeah, I mean, just, just a visit is not what most of my friends did, which is stay here. I mean, or live for good and not come back. Maybe a point in between. I like coming here, but not to do my life, for mm -hmm. sure. Have you ever considered staying here forever? Or it was your intention initially no, I was not here. my intention to go back to Mexico my maybe at some point I was a bit doubtful if I wanted to stay or not mm -hmm. uh but then I I made my decision was it my own decision to go back to, to my life in Mexico and I never actually think I saw myself living here all right so. but taking one step back why at the first place you decided to study in the Netherlands out of all the countries in Europe and why why Europe just because it's easy to travel around I don't know, like I come from a culture where they value a lot you having experience from abroad and that little paper that says you studied in a country like the Netherlands is valued a lot so I decided to come to Europe I looked for different plans I was very interested in one here in Rotterdam so I, ch I chose the one here it was also the pandemic I was a bit tired of where I was standing or where I was living how I was my daily life despite Mexico being very restrictive less I would do pretty much anything but I got a bit tired of my daily life so I decided to come one year and a half here to, to Rotterdam but uh, what's your professional background what's your First education, first university degree. Yeah, I'm an architect, but I never like architecture. I, I hate architects. I hate the architecture career. I hate the architecture scene. I hate how bad they treat people who work in architecture and all that. <laughs> I never saw myself as an architect. Like I, So I decided to do what I actually intended to see from the beginning, which was do urban planning. And it's a thing that I've worked and I studied now. And now I went back to Mexico and worked on it. Your degree from Rotterdam, is it useful in your daily job right I mean, now? 
it's a thing that I already had worked at, but it's useful in the sense that I have a paper now that says I studied abroad and I am a master, <laughs> say that. Actually, like in Mexico, you, when you present yourself or like in a formal way, you, you're not a mister or you're not a miss, but you're at the title of your degree. Oh, really? So mm. You could be a master or, or a maestro in Spanish, or you're actually like a doctor. Or in my case, I was an architect before. So people would link in a formal way. You would be architect at the end. So you'd be A-A. A-A-A. -A -A. That is my last name. So I saw it with an A. <laughs> cool, cool. So... Yeah, it seems like Netherlands was the choice of yours. But have you been ever before coming here to study? Have you visited Netherlands? I was in Amsterdam, but it was I was in the touristy mood of what most tourists do in, in Amsterdam, which is explore the city, of course, and mm -hmm. uh, walk around and see the canals and do a little uh, bit of a trip, right? And do a bit of a trip, yeah, exactly, and enjoy everything the Netherlands has to offer that they can that other countries can't. So you had like a pretty basic touristic experience, and uh, you were so fascinated by the country that you decided to, why not to move here for a year. Not fascinated for sure, but. It was mainly because the degree I wanted to study. How there. can you not be fascinated by this country? Just for our listeners, I am looking outside of the window and there were two girls passing on, the, on one bike. Uh, you can't see them anymore. But one girl was sitting on the front track and she was facing front. And I don't know how I would not be able to handle the bike. Taking another person like You're that. You're a skilled cyclist. Sir. I am, yeah, yeah. Cycling oh, is my main hobby, but I'm not still true Dutch person. I still lack some crazy commuting skills like with eating on the bike like taking one or more people on the bike you see there is another girls another pair of girls passing on one bike it's all it's all what right you like about it i like how people take people on bicycles take bicycle as universal instrument for everything yeah i think i suppose it's cool but i myself am the person who was promoting cycling in mexico of course he's fascinated with cycling here but i Think you can like see that and try to achieve that in other places and mm -hmm. not necessarily i think that i would say is unique in the netherlands i would say also like mexico city is a very interesting place to see a lot of different forms of cycling mm -hmm. i would say we're the cargo bicycle site capital of the world mm -hmm. so it's very common to see cargo bicycles like with three wheels mm -hmm. around the city carrying stuff so i wouldn't say that's something that's unique in, in the netherlands but mm -hmm. i wouldn't say that's also i think that fascinated me. It's a great place to live. It's functional. Everything works in a proper way. These people are rich and because they're rich, they can actually have nice stuff. No, they have nice trams, nice transportation, nice streets. So, so that's a thing so that you can value. No? If everything is so nice, so why you haven't changed your mind? Not necessarily everything is nice. Yeah. It's a very flat country, like all the countries. People just idealize it a lot. What uh, aspects of <laughs> Dutch way of life you would like to see more in your city or in your country and connecting it to your background as a city planner what would you like to implement in your job that you learned here mm -hmm. by just observing how things work here how uh, people live here and what could your main takeaways would be that's, that's an interesting question. I mean, I love Dutch parks, like the mm. parks in the Netherlands, they're amazing. And I, I like how green they are and how people do their life in summer there because the rest of the year you cannot do it. So I would say the, the five, six months that there's nice weather here, like life 
here is quite enviable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be honest, yeah. even today is a Monday and I was cycling in the city center and I just realized how it's different comparing to the winter time where, when it's so depressing. Speaking of which, what do, how can you handle coming from Mexico, the Dutch winters? I mean, it's not that, it's not frosty, it's not Russia for sure. Like, it, no. it's, it's, a, it's not fucking Russia, it's... <laughs> <laughs> so that's my point, like, I, I think it's nice in summer, and maybe the rain is tiring, and the fact that you don't see the sun for many months is also tiring. That's something that I'm not used to, but the rain I'm used to, it's just different where I come from, it's not... An annoying rain all day. It's just a very, very annoying rain for two hours that doesn't let you go out of your house because it's a torrential rainfall. Mm-hmm. I also think I chose the Netherlands because it was not a frosty winter. Like you could <laughs> see, like maybe in Germany, for example, where you're freezing cold, or the US, where you have five feet of snow. Like I think mm-hmm. we barely had snow when I was here. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think so. The German climate is very different. It's maybe a little bit more continental, but still. And uh, speaking of Russian weather, of course, it can be a little bit extreme, especially for people from the southern countries. But to be honest, I like snow. I think snow is nice. And here when it's just cold and nothing white on the streets, don't get me wrong. So yeah. I don't know. Even for me, coming from Russia, the weather is a significant factor in the winter. Great, bloomy sky. Yes, but that's also the point that I would put that I moved out when winter was happening and it was mm-hmm. also COVID. So I was like, classes were online. So I had the chance to go somewhere else in Europe where everything was open, where there's nice sun, where there's no rain, where life is less depressing, I suppose. How much percentage of your time doing your master's here you spend traveling? I would say like half of it. <laughs> how, how did you manage to do that? I know how to travel cheaply. I didn't pay rent. So that's a lot of money that I could use to travel mm-hmm. because I never actually found a place on my own here. It was really hard. There's a housing crisis that people don't talk about it. I had the chance to save all that money for not paying a house to, to use to travel. We actually talk about it. So can you, can you share your experience with the housing? In terms of you never rented a place, so did you have a BCN number? And it's like a, it's like a thing that you need to have uh, in the Netherlands in order to have no. access to documentation. Yeah, and... there are ways like you can find the way around the system for sure, and you can get a BSN number without actually having an address. Uh-huh. You can go and register as a non-resident, which is not what they expected you to do. But in the current situation, I don't think you have another choice other mm-hmm. than going and making your way around the system to to work properly and you can actually manage it and that was a thing that i had to experience since i was never registered into a municipality i had to get my bsn through other means mm-hmm. but uh, it's all legal means right it is legal means yes like you could see a lot of uh russians going to get their temporary well it's not temporary bsn it's like forever but it's a non-resident bsn so if you're staying less than three months you can apply for it yeah. but, but if you stayed more than three months yes you just say like, oops, I decided to stay more than three months. If they tell you something, they will tell you anything. It's just like a normal BSN. Just don't have an address linked to it, I suppose. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, there are ways around even in such an institutionalized system. But why so? Why you never rented out a place? You just knew from the beginning that you would be traveling so much? No, I was deceived by the person who was supposed to be my student advisor or, mm-hmm. or whatever. I asked him many months before I started the master, hey, should I start looking for a place to live? 
like ECDC or something like that. She's like, yeah, yeah, come here and we'll find something. <laughs> and I think that was a big mistake. So I had to struggle a lot and where mm. to find a place to live. But again, that was the chance and the option that actually best suited what goes in my personality, which is moving around. So because the classes were online, all that money that I could have used for rent, I could use it to be somewhere else. But where did you stay the other half of the time when you were? Okay, so I stayed with friends. I subletted places from people. I lived in a hostel for a couple of months where there were a bunch of students as well. So it was very, very diverse. My options, I think I lived like in six, seven different places in my year and a half that I was in Rotterdam. But for you, it was kind of an adventure. You knew that it's coming to an end at some point and you would be back in Mexico. So you were not really worried about that. If I would have had a chance to stay or like an interest in staying, it would have been easier if I had like an actual address here so I could like get a BSN number, actually be, have something like tangible that made me stay here because mm-hmm. I had a contract and I had better yeah. rent, but I never had that. So like I could never actually feel the need or the feeling that I could stay here, I think. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And how many countries you visited in your life do you count? I don't know, maybe more than 60? More than 60. Wow, that's that's impressive. What are your favorites? I can't say favorite cities, I suppose, but uh, I like I Istanbul a lot. Who did, I like Tokyo. Who, who did you give us advice about Istanbul? I did by myself. I uh, didn't need no one to tell me where to go. Have you, have you met any Russian girls there who showed you around? I met some Russians, yes. I did meet some Russians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. It's an internal joke. Nobody, nobody gets it, but even I, even I don't. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just between me and Adrian. I just gave him some tips. He gave me advice. He introduced me to a Russian girl to show me around. He just wanted me to say, because he wanted to feel important and feel his ego. Yeah. Yeah. So please continue. Istanbul, Tokyo. Tokyo, I like Rio a lot. Havana and Rotterdam. No, I wanted to say it. <laughs> Not a big fan of the city. Okay, let's talk about social life here. What was the craziest party you ever attended in the Netherlands? I went to many crazy parties, to be honest. What was the one that strikes But I remember a lot when I went to the carnival in Breda after, after the pandemic. I think it was because everything was closed. It was my first party here in, in the Netherlands, like mm-hmm. since I had arrived, so... I actually had to experience a party, like in a street party, crazy with the same people in the same mode of wanting to, I don't know, get destroyed. What was your costume? My costume, I just wore a wig and some pink glasses. <laughs> nice. But how is, so how is it comparing to the um, King's Day, for example? It was like King's Day, just like smaller and in Breda instead of Amsterdam, but I think it had the same Dutch vibes of Dutch mm-hmm. people just getting very drunk mm-hmm. so you mentioned Dutch people just getting drunk is it a thing here yeah yeah they, they binge drink they don't know how to drink for sure do you think they do it on purpose or accidentally get some drunk it's like a cultural thing maybe mm-hmm. from northern europe i think like a lot of northern europeans drink like that like they just like chump beer mm-hmm. yeah so what i've noticed about you adrian after knowing you for quite some time that you are very good at connecting with other people and how do you actually manage to do it? What's your tips and how you can just easily get along with someone you just met? 
I mean, it's a hard thing for for everyone. Not many people are extroverts, and it's not a. I don't think it's a tip thing. I think it's a thing that you develop. You think it's natural talent no, or natural? You, you, you can develop, develop it. You develop it, and you develop it through many years and through meeting different people and actually getting to know how to relate to different types of people, I suppose. Yeah, I guess when you move to a different country, no matter what, what is it, Netherlands, you really need well. to uh, be good at networking and communication with other people. And that's why I'm curious how you approach this type of situations. I mean, I've lived in other places, so I've had to force myself also into this thing of like trying to get out of your bubble and if you don't do it like you won't make friends and i think that's one you have mm -hmm. to try hard it's not it's not a perfect thing you might mm -hmm. not like people and people might not like you and you won't make friends so where uh, you managed to make a lot of dutch friends i did make a couple of dutch friends but not not that many not that a lot i would like i would count them with the fingers of my hand but i think it was because i didn't have spaces where i could interact with them so my master there were no dutch people it was mainly internationals with the lack of spaces where you could actually meet Dutch people, it was hard to to say that I could make a lot of Dutch friends. Mm -hmm. But I think otherwise, like maybe if I have interacted with them in more spaces, maybe maybe I could make more Dutch friends. Can you rule out the main differences between the Dutch people and the expat community? I mean, the expat community are in their own mood, which is like getting to know people and mm -hmm. trying to make friends because they don't have friends and they want to get to know people. I think this this is a thing that would happen in most places. Like that's you're right uh, as a foreigner, and you might be like, "Oh, I cannot make Russian friends." But no, because they already have their life here, and they might know that you might be leaving soon, or they're just not interested in having an international lifestyle because it's only partying and and drinking. I think Dutch people do do the same. I don't know what uh, what else maybe you want to mention from your side. Your most interesting, most memorable experiences from one year in the Netherlands. I just really, really enjoyed my time here to the fullest. And when the sun comes out, it's a whole different experience. Mm -hmm. And you make those six months where there's no sun, where there's no blue sky, where everything is rainy and everything is cold and maybe a little bit sad. That other half of the year, it's just like really worth it. So it's like the time where you can actually mm -hmm. do the fullest of what you didn't do the other six months. <clears throat> so are you planning to come back every year? Well, maybe, hopefully. <laughs> well, be would... nice to come. Like during this time really changes a lot where you have like a lot of time of sunshine so you can actually enjoy the day to the fullest. It's super mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. Coming to a little bit of a sensitive topic. As far as we know, you are a part of LGBTQ community and we wanted to ask you about some of your experience from that side in terms of the maybe dating scene or just your experience, people's attitude towards you, how it is different compared to Mexico and other places? I think Dutch people are, are okay with that, but they maybe they're not okay, they just don't say it, like they keep it to themselves. Like you can see, it's not the perfect country and people have different attitudes towards it and it changes a lot depending on who you are or where you are for sure. But it's a fun country that you can, like again, in summer it's super nice, you can do, you can see more stuff against, I think it's that open here that uh, if you go to a bar, like everything is mixed and it's not divided like you can see in other places, mm -hmm. which could be good or annoying depending on who you talk to. But in that sense, it's, it's nice. And compared to Mexico, I live in Mexico City, which is an exception. It's super open compared to other parts of Mexico. 
So I didn't feel that that much of a difference in that sense. Mexico City has the biggest pride parade in the world, isn't it? One it, of the maybe. I mean, we're, we're a lot of people, so we, yeah, it's quite big. Yes, yes. Oh, in the Netherlands, like you come here, you have to go to the one in Amsterdam. It's quite nice in, in the canal, next to the canals. Instead of cars, it's boats. Well, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't want to sound wrong, <laughs> but I think on one one of our bike rides, when it was you and me together, mm-hmm. you mentioned that Mexican culture is kind of very gay-ish. Can you say the same about the Dutch? No, no, not at all, not at all. No, I said that because like if you see the Mexican popular culture, the music, how people interact with each other, the movies, the whole like, macho identity that they built, I think it's super gay. And here... Maybe I didn't get in touch that much with Dutch culture, but I, like you don't see, you don't see like aspects that in some context could be considered gay in many ways. All right. I mean, that's pretty much give, gives an overview on that aspect. But also I wanted to ask you if you ever tried to apply for jobs here, like, or maybe to nearby countries. I did try to, but never actually got the reply. So in that sense, it's tough, I would say. However, from what I've seen with my friends, like the best tip that they said you can get is apply for an internship, do the internship and then get hired by them, Mm -hmm. which I think it's a bit annoying in the sense that you're going to get paid shit to do work for them and then they'll decide if they hire you. I think it's a bit I'm um, in exactly this situation currently, so I can can relate (laughs) a lot to that. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit bit sad that people with... Many years of experience, even professionals need to downgrade to the internship. And the thing is that internship, I, internships are also not countless. There are young students and I think in most of the cases, companies would prefer to hire somebody like a fresh grad than a person in his thirties or <laughs> close to that. So yeah, it's tough. And was it one of the reasons why you decided not trying to stay in the Netherlands? Yeah, for sure, that was one, but I also, like, I think I never felt at home here. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe because I never had a house, for example. So that, <laughs> well, that makes sense. Yeah. No, but now I couldn't see myself here living, like, for mm-hmm. many years or, or so. Again, our winters are rough. The winters are depressing. I prefer to have a nice weather, my family. I don't know. I like my life in a mm-hmm. big city. I think Rotterdam is boring in that sense, <laughs> for example. Okay, and the education that you got here, would you say broadened your opportunities back home in terms of the employment? And... I mean, it's mainly the paper. Yeah, yeah I would say it. the skills that I acquired. Yeah, like, the paper. But no, but it's, does, it's it help, does it help yeah, with yeah. finding a job if you have a foreign education? Yeah, yeah, like it doesn't matter what it says. Like just it, as long as you say you study a master, even though it might be a, a main mm. one. Are Dutch universities <laughs> like renowned? No. In Mexico, are they no. known? Are they known? Like, no, it's just like the paper. Like mm-hmm. they won't know if I studied in Utrecht. They, they won't know about that in mm-hmm. if I studied in mm-hmm. Rotterdam. But is it considered no. prestigious having this foreign diploma, like specifically from the Netherlands? Does it set you apart from other people who only studied in Mexico? Probably, maybe, maybe I would say yes. Mm-hmm. I would say yes. Yeah, I think you're not the first person, definitely not the last, who is after obtaining an education in Europe, coming to the home country, just like that, improving his social status and just becoming more prestige person. I mean, not like that. But I, I also, I was an architect and I told you I don't like architecture. So I wanted a paper that also validated me as an urban planner. Mm-hmm. So that's why I also like came here to get that. Mm-hmm. 
Right. So coming to the end, can you maybe give some tips to the people who are thinking of coming to the Netherlands, who are considering coming here or who are already planning to, uh, maybe even for those who are already here, but kind of doubting what to do next, just from your experience, based on what Find you had. House, I suppose. Find, Find a house. house as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like uh, put the effort on that. Don't get scammed. Do it in time. It's not easy. But I think it's a, a fundamental part of, of your life in the Netherlands. And it's getting harder and harder every day, I suppose. That's true. Here, one advice that's, I think, the most valuable. If you're just planning to come here, get me house is a thing you should consider first. Totally agree. I would begin to share my experience with housing, but this podcast is not about me. I just can say that I... I can relate to Adrian. But anyway, we would like to thank you, our guests of today. Adrian, coming from Mexico, of course, not to record our podcast. We just found him at the bar, being drunk on the floor. And uh, we decided to invite him to our podcast. And I hope our listeners enjoyed his perspective. Shout out to all the Latin Americans listeners. Latinos. Yeah, thank you, Adrian, for coming, sharing your stories. It was a pleasure. I should believe. I should leave. And dear listeners, stay tuned for our next episode. And. Fine, Dach. Bye bye.